Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Amen. Thank you. Let's go to the book of Nehemiah, the 8th chapter. I want to preach for just a few moments. Um, A lot of stuff going on. Amen. So uh, I'm excited about what God's doing. Four people. So the rest of you, we hope it's contagious. Amen. So... um, well, if you don't get nothing else, you got enough to, it was good enough to get out of bed, wasn't it? Worship strong, and um, seeing the Lord do some great things. Nehemiah chapter 8, you there? Um, let's just pray right quick. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you that you have set this thing up, Lord, from start to finish. I thank you, Lord, for the word of God just going forth in this place, just building our faith up, Lord, and giving us boldness and courage to step out and do what you're saying do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, I'm telling you, last night, this morning, I mean, I could have just bit 16 penny nails in half. That's kind of what I was feeling. And this whole service has set this up, and I really... You know, I'm not going to do nothing but to re-herald what the song said and just everything that has happened in this room. But I guess it was, uh, I had talked to Steve at the end of the week. Uh, I can't remember whatever day we were talking about and just a couple of ones and, you know, and um, and so I, I felt like I said, well, I, I'm, I'm just going to, I, I told him on the phone, I said, I'm going to call the church to a fast on Sunday. I said, we're just going to fast and, uh, you know, just just see this thing just really just just for breakthrough or whatever. And so anyhow, Catherine had been on me uh, about doing some things. <laughs> some, some of my uh, uh, husband duties at the house, get outside and trim the limbs up coming down the lane. We're having to dodge limbs. And so anyhow, I got up and I, I just worked at the house on Saturday. And then um, the more it just rocked on is I felt like God just kept dealing with me about something. And I felt like the Lord said, do not call that church to a fast. And this is what I heard him say. He said, you call that church to a feast. And so this morning I want to talk about feasting instead of fasting. And so I want to pull my text out of Nehemiah. Some y'all to get, I mean, I figured somebody would shout about that. Now come on. I mean, how many would rather be on a feast than a fast? Raise your hand. Come on. I mean, Lord, if y'all ain't going to get excited about that, I might as well fold it up and go on home. But listen, there's a, there's a reason why we feast instead of fast. And I feel like we're just in this deal where the Lord is just really revealing that lordship of who he is over this house. Come on. And so here's the deal. And I just leaned over and told, told Cleve, I said, I'm not going to worry about any money. Come on, somebody. I said, if we depend on that offering plate, then that's our source. God's the source. Come on, somebody. He can speak to somebody clean across in California to write a check. We just need to trust him. And so here's the deal that I feel like that I just want to I just want to get in this in Nehemiah chapter eight. I got several verses of scripture I want us to travel through this morning, and I think the time we get to the plane back on the the the, the tarmac, we gonna we gonna be we gonna be have done something. Okay, so let's go to Nehemiah chapter eight. It says, and so they read distinctively from the book in the law of God. 
And they gave the sense and help, and, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. I'm in Nehemiah 8, verse 8, and verse 9 it says, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, priest, and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn and do not nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord, of the law. And then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portion to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Look at this. For the what joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people saying be still for the day is holy. Do not be grieved and all the people went their way to eat drinks and portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Now, in this whole process of saying that we were going to fast this week, and what I did was take a, what I did was look and account with my eyes some of the things that were going on. Now, we heard and we believe this, man, that I mean, that talking about 2018, what God was going to do, where we was at, where we feel like the Lord had set us up as a church, and the things that we felt like God was saying, and then we go all the way to Columbus, Ohio, and God uses a man from Pakistan to re declare the word that was just declared over us on December the 31st when he looked at me and he declared and he re repeated that same word and so but how many knows this that even though that word was declared and what happened was is I had some and, and you know Steve said this you know well, it, different, it just seemed like the breakthrough just wasn't boom I mean it's like it's like they didn't realize on the calendar and so what happened was and then I begin to get you know we're going to pray for Dennis again this morning but he's been he's been watching gun smoke all week because his knees swelling up don't understand what's going on, but we're going to take care of that today. Come on, somebody, because the same God that healed Alan is the same God that's going to heal him in this house today. We can't put up with no lying, no lying, thieving devil. Come on, somebody. God's given us power and authority, and it's time the church realize the authority that's been given to her and the power that's been given to us. And come on, somebody. Either we got a God that's a God or we don't. Come on, sir. Either he's King of kings and Lord of lords or he's not, friend. And I'm here to tell you this morning, he's King of kings and he's Lord of lords. And I feel like God was just saying to me about this lordship thing and I felt like God was saying he says son I want you to feast because David said he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies I want you to throw the money like this unlimited in the bank account come on somebody I want you to lay hands on every sick person like you've seen a million people healed listen this I can't get no help it's all about a posture it's all about a posture. I feel like the Lord is just posturing us for seven days. Just, a, just an adjustment of the posture. Not laying down like some little old beggar saying, God, would you move on my half? I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about a posture like a king's kid saying, listen, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I got a big daddy who owns a cattle of a thousand hills. Come on, somebody. He's not slack nor short concerning his promises. His right hand is not shortened that he cannot reach down and save. It's a posture. God said, reposture this place for seven days and feast. I said, we're about to have a party. Come by my house. I'm going to have a party hat on for seven days. I'm going to eat everything there is to eat. Come on, somebody. I'm breaking the ice cream out. Come on. I said it's legal this week. I done told you they make extreme flex britches. So we put to pull them out. 
Come on, it's a posture. It's a posture. I thought I was going to have to go to war, but let me tell you something. The war's already been declared, friend. Victory's already ours. It's time to wave the flag. Jehovah Nissi has got it under control. I came to tell you that this morning. God has this thing under control. Now, look at this scripture right here. Work with me back here. Can you pull up Philippians 1.28? Philippians 1.28. We're just going to go through the word right here. Philippians 1.28. I should have gave you right here instead of just throwing them on you like that. Can you get me right here in 10 seconds? Philippians 1.28. It says, in no way and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Look at this. This is a posture. This is when you get the bad report. Come on, somebody. This is when the money's acting funny. Come on now. If I know any way and not in any way be terrified by your adversary. He's always going to be throwing something up in there. Listen, friend. And what his deal is, is to get your eyes off of God and look how big the problem. When David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, he's not talking about how God can't get any bigger. What he's saying is when you get your eyes off that problem and get them on God, instead of that problem looking big, God will start looking big. And he says, by any ways, when you're not terrified of your adversary, it's a sign to them of the outcome. I got news for you. This is a fixed fight. How many remember I used to watch wrestling when I was a little boy? It's just trash. You can't even watch it no more. But when I was a little boy, we'd be all up, you know what I'm saying, for the, for the, for the title match or whatever. But here's in reality, the title match was already figured out before they ever got in the ring. And now here's the deal. Think about this. If I'm fixing to set a fight up for my son, you better believe I'm not going to go get Chuck Norris for his first round of fighting. If I'm arranging the fight, I've already got picked out somebody he can whoop up on. What I'm trying to tell you, the sign that you're in the fight is the sign that you got the victory already. Because your father ain't fixing to set you up with a fight that you can't win. I said the fact that the battle's on is the fact that you need to understand that God's already fixed it. I can't get no help up in here. Let's keep right on going. Let's look at this. Let's read this right here. Psalms 23. Psalms 23. Psalms 23. If you've been to any funeral, we always read Psalms 23. It is not a funeral psalm. Did you hear what I said? This is not a funeral psalm. Listen what he says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Look at your neighbor and say, God's with you. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know what I thought about, Jesse? I thought about you all week. You know what it looked like? Well, this one here didn't come and that one there didn't come. And looks like I don't know where we're fixing to go build. What you ought to be doing is sitting down thinking I'd be putting out all kind of all kind of stuff help wanted we need the help my God I'd put a sign on every corner of this county say I'm looking to hire somebody why because of what God said in this house when he said God don't toy with us he don't play with us and the promises of God are yes and amen and the prophet of God said fuel your tractors up get them greased down get them ready he ain't telling you that to go park them under the shelter baby he said the black smoke is fixing to be rolling 
Though I walk through the valley of the shadow, it's all about the posture. How do I carry myself in the valley? How do I carry myself in the valley will determine what type of mountain I get to stand on. going to keep going right here. Let's go to Mark chapter 2. I'm traveling through this quick. We're going to lay hands and go home. Because we're going to feast. All right. Mark chapter 2, you there? Mm-hmm. Mark chapter 2, verse 18. The disciples of John and the Pharisees were fasting. Look who the disciples of John and the Pharisees were fasting. Let me say this, I 100% believe in fasting. All right. The disciples of John and the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? Look at this. As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. Let me tell you what feasting's a sign of, knowing who you got in your corner. It's knowing who you got in your corner. Why are you going to eat? Because I know who I got in my corner. Look at the posture of Peter when he was about to lose his life. Come on, they had already cut James's head off. And he's in prison knowing he's the next one in the following morning. But the scripture says when the angel come to set him free, he was laying there asleep. Come on, sir. You don't sleep on death row. Come on, friend, unless you know something's got your corner. But he already remembered Jesus telling him, Peter, when you're young, you went about where you wanted to. But when you're old, what he was saying, listen, I don't care what kind of orders over my life. Jesus said I was going to be an old man. And somehow, some kind of way, weeping may endure for the night, but joy's going to come in the morning. God's got it all worked out, friend. I feel like, man, I'm telling you. Why are they not fasting? Because I'm sitting right here with them. That's why they're eating. But there's a day coming when I'm going to be sitting at the table. Then they'll fast. Then he goes on to say, then he goes on to say, no one puts, no one puts an old, no one puts an old piece and sews it into a new garment. Neither do men put new wine into old wineskins? What Jesus was saying here is in your mentality, it was all up to you to have it done. In the old covenant, it was all about what you've done. But in the new covenant, it's all about what I've done. I'm going to say it again. In the old covenant, I appreciate fasting. I'm not diminishing that. You understand, I said for seven days we're going to posture ourselves different. Some of you fasting now. That's between you and God if you break it. But I'm fit to go eat some chicken like nobody's business. Listen to this. (laughs) I don't hardly ever eat. I mean, it's not like I do eat chicken, but I don't eat fried chicken that much. But you can tell I'm eating something. Amen? Come on now. Let's just say That's right. So here's the deal. What he's saying is, is guys, listen, there's something brand new right here on the earth. And I'm celebrating a new thing with my men. 
and they're not going to do without. They're feasting right now because they're celebrating the new thing. And I feel like what God is saying to us today, for the next seven days, you've got to act like you're already in it, friend, because if you don't believe it, you're never going to see it. You remember on the Polar Express, seeing is not believing, but believing is seeing. Come on, somebody. I'm slinging it like I'm already in there. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm tithing like I'm already got that contract. Come on now. All right, let's go right here. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. You stay with me? I'm preaching quick. Preaching quick, man. God said feast. We got to preach quick. Well, let's go with it. Listen. <laughs> Listen to this. This right here. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, I'm in, I'm in Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Mm, 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 mm. Listen to this. Before they go in any further, before the disciples can go any further, this is the bombshell revelation that they've got to have. They're never going to, re- they're never going to leave Jerusalem They're never going to accomplish anything if they don't get this revelation right here. Now, Jesus had shown them how he was doing the stuff. He had had been with them. And now he's about to take them to Caesarea Philippi. Can I just preach this out of my heart, okay, for the time? He's about to take them to Caesarea Philippi. Now we know through the through the through the accordance of what John, uh, Mark writes and these other writers, we know that Jesus takes them almost thirty miles outside of the way by foot. It ain't like he jumped in a car. They didn't have a limo to come pick them up and take them to the next ministry assignment. Caesarea Philippi was so wicked that any Jew, especially a rabbi, knew he had no business in that city. It would make Sidon, Tyre and Sidon look like a candy store. This is how wicked it was. And as they begin to, the, the, as they begin to draw near to this city, Caesarea Philippi, you know that there had to be some conversation because Jesus permitted them in Matthew 10 when he said, don't go into any city of Samaria. And this city was fixing to top Samaria. Why would he be taking us to this place when he told us, don't even go to Samaria? This place is so wicked in our modern day time, it would be Vegas, San Francisco, New Orleans, all wrapped up in one and then times a hundred. This is how wicked this place is. Now Jesus is taking them on a 30 mile journey outside the way to teach them a lesson. Now we know this, I think it is that we receive information I think it is what is it? Um, 100 bits per second when we look at text. But I think it's a million bits per second that we receive information when we see a picture. So that's why I'm telling you, we've got to taste and see that the Lord's good. We can't just live off of information. You've got to see it for yourself. So Jesus is about to give an illustrated sermon in Caesarea Philippi. At this point, he's heard a lot of people say who he is. Come on, somebody. And so he asked his disciples when he gets there, who do men say that I am? Listen to me this morning. It's not important about who I say God is. It's not important about who Danny says God is or Steve says who God is or Stanton says who God is. You got to know who God is for yourself. Come on, somebody. Either God is God, the Bible... The Bible says when we come to him, we must first believe that he is. He is. 
Now he's taking them to Caesarea Philippi and we've heard this preached, I've heard a tons of sermons preached on this and when he told him, and Peter said, well some say that thou art Elijah. Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say that uh, this, he said, but who do you say that I am? And he said that thou art the Christ. Do you understand right here? He didn't say thou art Jesus of Nazareth. He said thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus looked back at him and said, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my father in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Is that not what the word says in Matthew 16? Now we've heard it preached that he's talking about upon the rock, the rock of the revelation or, the, or this rock and all these things. Is that what God said he would build my church? But I came to tell you today, what we think about church is not what God says about church. This is not church, friend of God. Church is an ecclesia, which is a governing body of people on the earth called ambassadors. Oh my God, I came to preach a little bit. God help me, because sometimes I'm hollering and screaming, I don't know if I'm getting it to you. An ambassador is, we take, when I went to Bombay, India, and you go out, and there the U.S. Embassy is, and you see things kind of nice or whatever, trying to, you know what I'm saying, and then boom, looks like the Ritz-Carlton U.S. Embassy. They might be desert everywhere else, but they's the greenest grass you ever seen in your life at the U.S. Embassy. Now, when the U.S. Embassy is sitting there, to represent the United States. We're not under the laws of India. We're under the laws of the United States. We're not eating curry powder fish in there. We're eating fried chicken and steak. Why? Because we're not, we're, not, we're not from the nation of India. We're from America. Can I tell you that you and I have been left as ambassadors of heaven on the earth. We got dual citizenship. I'm living in two places. Come on. I'm sleeping on the earth, but my citizenship is in heaven. How do you know this? The scripture says, know you not that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places in the book of Ephesians. But what happens is, is we allow this to rule that. When this came out of that, you say, well, I can't live with the smoke and mirrors, preacher. I can't live in that invisible realm. I'm telling you that invisible realm is what brought this visible realm. Come on, somebody. Don't you know the Hebrew said, by the power of his word, the earth and the worlds were framed by the power of his word? And the things which are seen came out of that which is unseen. Let me show you how he's living. So when Jesus is in the midst of the storm, the disciples is up there and they bit all their fingernails down to the quick. They're throwing all the fish they caught and everything else overboard trying to make it, but Jesus is at the bow of the boat laying asleep. Why is he laying asleep? Because nothing is shaking in the world in which he's laying in. God, I can't help nobody. Every attack of the devil comes to remove the faith which you and I live with. That's all it is, is attack of the faith. And so Jesus has got his disciples. They're scanning the surroundings. This place is extremely wicked. And they got this huge rock at, this, at Caesarea Philippi with the, with the God Pan on it. Pan was just a new version of the God Baal 
that they had in the old covenant that, it, that Jezebel was with. And this, this goat pan is there. And at times, this place is so wicked. I don't know how many children, but anyhow, they would actually perform uh, 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 sexual rituals with goats in that city. This is how wicked this place was. And Jesus has got his disciples there. And he says, upon this rock, what he was saying, the most perverse, wicked, demonic, stronghold city I could find to bring you to. I'm telling you, in this place right here, I will build my church and the devil can't do an absolute thing about it. God, help me right here. This goes to healing. You say, well, how do I pray for healing, preacher? It's, too, it's very simple. This is how you pray for healing. Devil, go. Did you hear what I said? I said, devil, go. I said, devil, go in the name of Jesus. That's how we pray for healing. We don't pray for healing. Oh, God, would you come touch her tonight? Oh, God, could you do something? No, God's looking down. Hey, you my ambassador. You my sheriff on the earth. You take my authority and tell that thing to go in the name of Jesus. Can't get no help. That's all right. Listen to this. I'm almost done. I'm talking about the Lordship. I'm talking about why we feast in this posture of season instead of fast is because God is trying to release an identity of the Lordship. There's two seasons when you walk with God. And if you can find this message on YouTube, it'll, change, it'll absolutely change your life. And it's called Hiddenness and Manifestation by Graham Cook. There's time, how many knows that there's times that you feel the electrifying presence of God around you? And then there are seasons you don't go through with God that you don't even feel like God's nowhere near you. That's called hidden, hidden, hiddenness and manifestation. During manifestation, God's trying to show you His goodness and His Lordship. During the season of hiddenness, God is downloading revelational truth in you. Listen, anytime you're going on a download and you're getting downloaded with revelation, it will be all hell will be shaken. And you'll feel like almost like God has deserted you. But He's downloading truth. But when you feel the electrifying presence, that's the, time, that's the time of manifestation. It's all about the Lordship. God's showing you the Lordship of, 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 of who He is. Now here's the deal. I'm talking about living in a posture to where I listened to this guy when we got into Columbus or whatever. He started taking up the offer. And I'm like, man, and everybody's speaking. I'm like, we need to find out who that guy is because, I mean, he was unbelievable. And what he was talking about is the God of Mammon. And he was up there saying, we're talking about this. Better, better is one day in the mall. Better is one day in the mall. He's talking about how the church lives. Then your courts. And what he's talking about is the God of Mammon. You know what the God of Mammon is? You trust in your finances more than you trust in God. You say, well, I don't do that. Yeah, you do. Look at your checkbook. See how much you rolled to the kingdom, and you'll see who your God is. We get mad on stuff like that. Get church gets quiet. Well, he's after money. I ain't after nothing. I'm going to have plenty at my house because we live by giving. All right. I ain't saying we ain't never had to go through some times where we got to trust. But after 20 years, he's taking care of us. And so here's the deal. It's living from, this, it's living from the absence of this pool that I've got to trust in this. And I feel it right now. I felt it this morning when I was in there praying. And then I was sitting there thinking, you know, Lord, I mean, you want, you want, you want to give the whole thing away? Give it all away. 
And I felt like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to live to where, I mean, where, where if, you, if you give it all the way down to nothing, then you really got to trust him. And so I just feel like that God, that's just something that God's after with us. I'm just telling you, it's just God of mammon to just really break it off our lives and to really trust him. Well, don't shout about that, but I'm just telling you, that's the deal. All right, now listen to this. Stanton and I were, Friday night, we went to Osceola. And there was this, there was a pastor there in Osceola. I mean, listened to our podcast. He wanted to meet us. So we go or whatever, and then we, we were having dinner with him. And then so, I mean, I'm just letting it, I'm just letting the gun sling. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the power of God's at the table. And I asked him, I said, you feel the Holy Ghost? He just, he shake his head like, you know what I'm, you know. And so anyhow, he began to tell us his story. The thing about this, him and his wife, they get the news that they're pregnant. And, and then get into the pregnancy or whatever. They get this horrible news from the doctor. And so they get this horrible news from the doctor, and the doctor said that the child doesn't have lungs, the heart's on the wrong side of the body, the liver and everything's up here, and the, chest, the organs are nowhere near right. You need to pray about what you need to do. So think about this. They just get this news, and it's not, you know what I'm saying, and, and they get this news from, I mean, the, the, the head people there at Vanderbilt University is telling them, you, got to, you, you need to pray about, I mean, you not pray about, but you need to figure out what you're going to do. Basically, what they're saying is, why don't you abort that child right there and just try again? That's what they're saying. And so think about this. Now, they're broken or whatever. They go to their pastor. Well, they don't have, you know, uh, let's just say, pastors walk with you through death, Okay. Apostolic people that we, I mean, we say let the dead bury the dead. It's just different, okay? They're there to sharpen knives and swords, okay? So they're in there sharing the heart to the pastors, the apostolic voice. We'll call the person's name. They're nationally known. So they're sharing this with their pastor or whatever, and the pastor looks at them and says, that ain't nothing. And he said, I can't tell you how hurt we were. When they're sharing the news that this is what they said about our child, that ain't nothing. And immediately went on to something else. You mean to tell me we just got the most heartbreaking news of our life and you look at us and you're our spiritual head and this is how much concern you have about our lives that you look at us and say that, that, uh, that, that this ain't nothing. And he said, beside that, he said, my office was right beside, was right beside, it's a female, her prayer room. And he said, you know, she's Indian or whatever. She got this staff and she'll walk around hitting the floor and just tearing it up. Oh, I did made me think about you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? She hit the floor or whatever, just tearing it up. And he said that she would be so violent in prayer that she would have to leave, he'd have to leave the building. Whatever. She'd get there slinging it up. But this is what he said. He said, he said, was I deeply offended and did it hurt my feelings? But what did, let me tell you what she was counseling saying. This is nothing. God's got it. This is what he said. She wasn't saying that I don't care. But what she was saying is I'm not going to be moved by no facts of what that doctor's bringing in here. What she's saying in that moment, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Either he's real or he ain't. Come on, church. Either he's a what not on the shelf or he ain't. Either he's something that we hang around our neck or he's not. Either he's got a real kingdom and he's really ruling or he's not. Come on, somebody. Either we really his kids or we not. Come on. Kenneth Hagin, they come to him and pray. Do you think God's going to? Do, do you think God could heal me this morning? He said, "Absolutely not. Get out of the way." And he go to the next one. Well, he's offending people left and right. What he's saying is, I'm not laying hands on you because you don't even know if God can. I'm here to tell you, God, God can. I ain't here to say. He said, "I said He will heal." I said He will heal. It's a whole different posture. 
People get mad with this kind of preaching. Well, why are you preaching like that? I'm just preaching the Bible. Don't get mad with me now. Now listen to this. So here's the thing. He said I was offended. He said every time we go to the hospital, every time we go to the hospital, he said they would come in and say this. And they would come in and say this. They'd say, you know, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen right here. This is what's going to happen. And he said no more than he would get, get that out of his mouth. He said his pastor's face would come right before his eyes and say, this ain't nothing. This ain't nothing. And he just would say, God, you said this ain't nothing. And he was driving back home one day. And I mean, horrible things was going on or whatever. And the pastor called him and said, listen here, I need to tell you this. This, Oh, by the way, tomorrow at this time, that child will be out of the hospital. He said, man, I appreciate, you know, he's just saying everything, oh, pastor are trying to encourage me a little bit you know there is no way there's no way possible that this child's going home when the next day got there his wife called him and said listen you need to get up here we packing our stuff up cause we going home and listen here that child is four years old today heart setting on the right side I can't get no help up in here he said every time they would x-ray, the heart would be moving right on over. Lungs dropped down where they were supposed to. He said they said my child would throw up every day. He said my child each ain't never thrown up. Come on, somebody. Tell me that God ain't good. It's a posture. You can cave in in that moment or you can sharpen your sword and say, devil, you're an absolute liar. Well, I feel that line. This is what Jesus was saying. Men, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What it listen, and here's how the church has interpreted that, especially down here in the south with this religious mess we live in. What they believe is, well, you know, we just gonna hold the ground and the devil's not gonna take it. No, that is not the picture of what Jesus, he said, I got an offense so strong that the devil ain't got no defense to show. We just keep putting the ball right on down the field, baby. We drive it every time it gets in our hand. Oh, Lord. Lord, I done raised up a sweat. Listen to this. Go right here to Psalms 29. I just want to read the Bible. People get mad sometimes when you just read the Bible. I don't care, man. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. I told, let, let me say this. I, I thought about this last night. I watched Rob Parsons on TV last night. Let me tell you what God's speaking to us about that. Because we get there, his pastor, this person, this guy we met with Friday night, what he tells me is he said, you know, he said, my pastor, their spiritual father's Rob Parsley. You want know, let me use that? My God. All right, maybe I won't fall out. Listen, you know what God's saying to us in that? As you know how bold he is. Man, he's up there preaching last night and he looks and he's talking about a seed of water. He said, if you think you can buy the miracle, you're ignorant of the Bible and I'm not talking to you anyhow. And I'm thinking, Lord, I mean, people start crying and quivering on stuff like that. But it's just a call of God that's on his life. And that boldness, and if you don't know this, Rod Parsons was diagnosed with throat cancer. He said, buddy, you're not going to preach no more. He said, the devil is an absolute lie. Is he not preaching? There ain't no cancer in his body. He ain't lose no weight and drop down to nothing. 
Church, I'm trying to tell you, this is a posture that God's moving the end time church to in the last days. I mean, y'all get mad with me, whatever, I'm just trying to tell you. Have you ever read the book of Joel, Joel chapter 2? He said there's an army coming on the earth that has not been like them, nor will there ever be anyone like that, be like them after them. This army knows how to march in rank. They know who they are. Come on, somebody. If they got pastoral gifts, they walking in pastoral gifts, and they're not trying to be apostolic. Come on, somebody. If they're a prophet, they're they not trying to be a teacher. They're prophesying. They know their rank, and they know their order, and they know how to march. This is what God is doing. All right, now let's look at this in Psalms 29. Hey, Morrison team, y'all want to come here just for a minute right here? I'm, I'm almost done. I'm getting it closing. I'm getting to the, I'm getting to the, getting close to the airport. I just want to really just drive these last few verses right. Psalms 29, you there? Look at verse 10. It says, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood. Every one of us has been through a flood. If you ain't been through the flood, you go and go through a flood. And when you get in the flood, you got to know who sat enthroned. Come on, don't, don't get distracted by them. Let's look at this. What? The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. The Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. And the Lord will bless his people with peace. Where does the peace come from? Knowing who sits on the throne. You're going to hear that voice come up. Oh, you're going down. You're going down. You got to know who sits enthroned. Let, let, me just, let me just read this right here to you. I'm almost done right here. Listen to this. We took up $8,485. So $6,485 is going to the Boys and Girls Club in the morning. Come on, somebody. Hello. I'm going to sow in those kids and reap it in our kids. Come on. All right. Hold on. I got to get this right. I'm sitting there laying, and I said, I'm going to call the church to a feast. Laying in, I'm just sitting there laying. I'm just sitting there thinking. I'm reading Nehemiah 8 and 10. Phone goes off at 1106. I said, Lord, who's texting me at 1106? Look down there, it was Larry. And this is what he said I hear the Lord saying, Church, arise, arise, because I have set my angels in the corners of this place. Prepare for the battle to come shout. Shout, says the Lord. For the old is gone and the new has come. A new day and way for what I have spoken in the past will surely come too. Prepare yourselves for the reaping of the seed. The generals and the captains of my army are coming. Some are already here. People trained to my Holy Spirit. My glory has returned to this place. Do not slumber or wait, soldiers. Prepare, prepare for the harvesting. My foundation was broken, but now the breach has been filled. To you, John, my son, relax, be at ease. I'm gonna laugh. Look at this. He said, I'm, I'm reading this out. I'm reading this. Feast it not fast. Everything in the nature of the warrior in me says, we're fixing to fast. But God says, I just want you to sit back and feast and let me, let me show you a thing or two. Let me show you what I'll do, boy. Mm. My son, relax, be at ease. I have the ball. I give the plays. 
I have you on a fast track, a potter's wheel to trim and prepare. Have not you yearned for me? Has not your heart burned for me? Because now, 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 my glory is increased. My fire is burning, purifying you to a place. I need you to laugh, my son, laugh, because great things are coming. Do not waver. I got to be done right here. I'm just quoting the word over us right here. Straight Bible right here. Listen to this. I'm almost done. Psalms 91 verse 7. Look at this. Look at this. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In the hands, in, in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone and you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show my salvation. That's the word of God over us. This is why we feast, because I got a big dad. Listen to this. I'm finishing right here. Lord, have mercy. I know. Body's like, gosh, he, he screams, he hollers. I'm roaring. I'm roaring. Listen to this. 2 Samuel 23, verse 13. This is what God's about to impart in us right here today. It's about to come in this room like you've never felt it in your life. I said courage. I want to give you the definition that Danny gave Stanton and I private, but you probably can't bear to hear that. And that might not be good enough to go on the CD. But courage doesn't mean you're not scared. Courage is when you're a ruddy boy named David and you're looking at a trained giant seven feet tall and you step out. You don't think he was scared. Everything was in him was screaming, my God, turn around. The same God that delivered me from the lion and the same God that delivered me from the bear. It's the same God. Everything in his feet was saying, turn around. But on the inside of him, courage rose up. This is what courage is. You take courage to a dark alley. 
cold, dark alley and you leave it for dead and courage will light a light. It'll strike a match from that dark alley and change the world. That's what courage is. Courage is tithing when you know you don't got the money anyhow. You don't know how you're going to eat or pay the bills but you give it anyhow. Come on somebody. That's courage. Courage don't mean I'm not afraid to give it. Courage just means I know God's going to come through for me. He'll make a way in the desert. Come on somebody. He'll make rivers in the middle of the desert. He'll make water come out of rocks. He'll make the sun stand still for Joshua. He is a way maker. I said he's 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 a way maker. I said I ain't never seen the righteous forsaken or his seat begging bread. We say, open up, open up the floodgates. Open up, open up the floodgates. Hold on. Hold on. Courage. 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 Courage stares in the face of fear. And it says, if God be for me, then who in the world could be against me? Listen to this. I got to give you this last thing before I go. I don't give a rip what any doctor says about your leg. I know that God's not through with Dennis Harold. You hear me? I said God's not through with you, Dennis. And I command life into your leg right now. In the name of Jesus, I say devil, absolutely go. I pulled in the driveway the other day. You watch what I'm telling you. I just got faith right here. I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. You hear me, friend? You don't you'll settle for his bunch of... Ah. We told my leaving our job, told my Catherine, said, you know, you think, I said, listen, I don't know. I don't think they're going to write a check. I'm not maybe they're going to write a check. Not could they write a check. I said they are going to write a check in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Now listen here, I, I can't tell you whose name's going to be on the check, but somebody's going to write the check. Come on, come on. Yeah. Listen to this. i got to tell you this last thing right here. And I'm done. 2 Samuel 23, verse 13. Then three of the 30 chief men went down at harvest time. And came to David at the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephim. And David was then in the stronghold. And the garrison of the Philistines was, with, was then in Bethlehem. And David with longing. This is what he said to his men. Oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem. Which is by the gate. Look at this. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out of the Lord. 
And he said, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things were done by three mighty men. They heard David, their leader, say, I want to drink from that well. That, that well was in enemy-held territory. Gunmen on each side. They could hear a cricket crawling. Three mighty men got up and said, listen, if he wants a drink from that well, we fixing to bring some water back from that well, and we're going to give it to him. I feel like this is where I'm at with God. God's asking me to go get a drink offering. That in the natural says there ain't no way you coming home. All it takes is. I just want to tell you today. Your destiny lies on the other side of the valley of the shadow of death. Christopher Columbus says this, you will never sail the ocean unless you lose sight of the shore. Some of us has got out there and we're still hanging on to the shoreline. And God said it's time to let the shoreline go, baby. Just let the hair go with the hide and step out by faith and watch courage take over and watch the God we serve come through. Here's the deal. You step out and God don't come through, you're going to be a millionaire anyhow. I'm going to tell you how. Because you're going to write a book and say, look how God failed me. Because it has never been written in the history of the earth. There ain't one person God ever let down. Best I can tell it, they said there ain't no hope for that grandchild coming home. But look at him running around. Why? Because God is enthroned. Now we about to gather around this front and we about to ask God and we gonna raise our hands up and we fixing to see God bring us some kind of courage in this room. You ready? You ready, church? You ready, church? We're about to do the impossible. Did you hear what I said? I said we're about to do the impossible. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. 